Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on Tuesday the 10th of January. It's just about 8 o'clock at night and there's three of us here today. It's myself, Darren, and I'm with Tony and Danny tonight. We're just going to discuss the Kilmarnock game from the weekend. We'll discuss the sort of transfer rumours about incomings and outcomings. And we'll also take a look to this weekend's League Cup semi-final against Kilmarnock at Hamden. So, Danny, I'll come to you. We'll start with Saturday's game. It was a pretty routine 2-0 victory and I know you didn't see much yet, but I'm sure you've caught the highlights since. It was a pretty, I don't know if I'd say poor first half, but it wasn't many chances. Kamarnock seemed to set out their stall to no play any type of football. But we also got the breakthrough in the stroke of half time when Jota got in in front of the keeper and put us in. Second half came out and got the second goal, but apart from the post and the bar, it would have been a, a lot more comfortable victory. So, what did you make it? As I say, I know you didn't. You were on the attics. It was you were celebrating your birthday. But what have you? What have you thought since then? I didn't get to see. I only seen the first half really, and I thought we were quite methodical. And sometimes it takes a wee spark. You know, you need to get the goal before you can turn it on a wee bit. But this time, like this season, we've been able to play really well, start early in a lot of the games at home and score, and then you can take it from there. But it was a wee bit different Saturday. Like you said, I come on with any interest in it other than a draw. I'm maybe nicking something for a set piece, but they were very, very uh, unambitious. It really was just a matter of time before Celtic scored, and it was just a case of when and no if that they got the goal. Second off, what I've seen in the highlights was a lot better. Tati seemed to come into his end in the second half as well and really start playing and then you get a second goal and you know you can take no you're for half a gas but you know you've got two goal cushion against a team that have got any interest in attacking you so it's another three points and it was actually good for a change for the first time I think in a long time we played before 
the team that are in second place in the league, so it was good to have that pressure on them. I know they went one on Sunday, but it was it was nice to play before them for a change. But a good one after last Monday, and now, as you say, you can look forward to the, the semi-final. My thought was an off-strong performance for Johnson at right-back. I think he properly get involved in the attack, uh, and he can defend as well. And I think he looks like an excellent addition so far. Yep, definitely. I thought he played very well. We obviously spoke about it last week in the pod, but was delighted the team finally got that clean sheet at home. It has been the first one since we had one in the derby in September, so obviously team's been playing well in that time, but it was good to actually keep the back door shut for once, and I, I, I thought it was... It was, I thought Kamalik were embarrassing. I know they're just a newly promoted team, but I've never, like, from about the fifth minute, they were time-wasting. They were just, as I say, I thought they just seemed like, completely uninterested in attacking. Like, they were constantly up against it and didn't have any sort of get-out. They didn't leave anybody sort of forward to try and get them out. But yeah, I thought Celtic played well enough the first half. I thought it was a really good matchup with Dyson Maida and uh, Kamalik right back. Uh, his name escapes me, but I thought he was really... It was a really good test for Maida and he was one of the few defenders that I'd seen who was able to match Maida for pace as well. So apart from that, and I didn't think there was any sort of positive for Kamarnock. Oh, Delighted to see... Sorry, on you go. The boy Mel, he's actually on for Rangers. All oh, right, well, he's fucking terrible. I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> but no, I actually, actually didn't know that, but I, I actually thought he did match up Maida eh, pretty well, to be fair. But eh, ultimately, Celtic came out on top. Good to see Jota back on the score sheet and... Back from his illness or whatever it was, but oh, Tony, I'll come to you. I know you were there on Saturday as well, and sponsors gave Rio Hitati man in the match, and that just leaves us asking: Is he good enough? <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely good enough. I don't, I mean, I don't know, but that was a strange question that was asked, but I guess it's um, so always good to generate debate slash abuse. But um, no, I thought Hitati second half was excellent. Some of his plays just a different level altogether. Apologies again, people can probably tell that my voice is still fucked. Copious amount of booze at the weekend didn't help me whatsoever, but I thought the first half was fucking garbage, to be honest. I thought it was so bad. To be fair, I was full of booze, but I just thought, just thought it was dead boring. We couldn't really get going at all. And then we get the goal at the end. It's a, I think it's a jota that gets the finish. Second half we dominate. We should have scored another couple. There was a kind of passage of play when um, Forrest hit the post and managed to miss quite a, a good few chances. Um, but overall, you kind of take it. We went 12 points clear. It's obviously back to nine now. Get that clean sheet that we were talking about. We hadn't had one at home for over four months or whatever it was. Just, uh, just over three months, sorry. But I don't think there was any major injuries unless I'm missing anybody. I thought it was a reasonably... Easy game. You would hope it puts us in good stead for the cup final. I would like to think we can we can raise our levels again. But aye, first half does a great second half very comfortable. Yep, definitely. I think it's a game that won't live long in the memory. So we'll move on now. We'll we'll come back to the semi final towards the end because I don't think it's possible to speak about Kamarnock for a sustained period of time. So we'll touch back in the semi final after we discuss the transfer rumours that are going about. And Daniel, come with you. We've got a few to touch on. The real interest seems to be from. Monza for Josip Juranovic there's a lot of credible sources are saying that a deal's pretty close and the rumour is it'll be a loan with an obligation to buy and the fee will be roughly about £7 million so first of all I'll ask you two questions do you think it's the right move and just something that's been playing in my mind do you think it's the sort of being that Celtic have had the intention to sell Juranovic and they've got his replacement in and that perhaps the interest had been uh, sort of touted in the summer and 
during the World Cup just hasn't materialised. I've actually got no idea because watching that quarter final against Brazil with Croatia and the write up that Juranovic got at half time after BBC, you're just thinking to yourself, Selic could name the price here for Juranovic and he got a lot better as the tournament went on. He didn't disgrace himself in any of the games. I mean, he struggled, I think, at the start, but that Brazil gave it Vinicius Junior back pocketed. You would have just thought Selic could have named a price to anybody. And then you see seven million and you think, well, there must be a clause. But if there's a clause for seven mil, surely somebody else other than Monza would have had a pop at that price for him. So it's a, it's a strange one. Or, I mean, he's no away yet. I mean, it looks like Torino are in from there. And there's talk of teams in England maybe sniffing at like Fulham were sniffing at him. So you never know. I mean, they might still go for a pretty penny, but... I don't know, I just think there's maybe a change in the transfer strategy at Celtic now. Whereas instead of selling one every two years for, you know, 15 to 20 million to keep taking a keep this going and what their strategy is, maybe they just sell four or five at seven to 15 each or whatever they can get. I mean, there's Yaki Wack, it's the clubs that he's linked to. Do you know, Danny, it's funny you say that. I was actually speaking to somebody about this last night. Do you think, I think that could be the case. You're looking for making, say, five, six million profit on these players. Do you think it's the case that maybe the club can think it's more sustainable to punt players for that sort of profit rather than sell one Kieran Tierney level player for every five years? Well, it could be. I mean, you, you look at, as you say, look, look at and right, we did, we got Ayer, we was at 14, and we got Edward, was about 14, and Christie, which made up about 30 million, right? And you look at the squad, there. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I think you're anime, it's a £25 player at, but evidently no, judging by what's happened, but, or what's happening at the minute, but maybe, I mean, Ange can I say about fans getting ready to lose these players and need to be ready for it, and what if they do just bring them in for two or three and sell for eight to ten, and they just keep doing that? I mean, is it sustainable in the long run? I don't know. Is it going to wield any more difference from what we've been doing? Whereas you do try and sell one for 15 to 20 million every three, four seasons. Because, I mean, if it, who would, who's likely to go next? I mean, you're talking about those two going, that would make, for what we're hearing, would make run about 14 to 15 million. I think somebody like Abada would maybe make that sort of profit. Abada, I mean, if Abada, Abada keeps going the way he's going, He'll be 15 to 20. I mean, Jota should be 15 to 20 million. But maybe instead of as well as that, maybe you do punt the other players as well. I mean, maybe you do punt the kind of players that are maybe a step below them and try and sit, sign their players. But that would mean signing players on a volume, which Celtic have never really done. But I know we've done that last year. We had, we bought another players in the summer and we bought an and We seem to be signing more players under Ange, don't get me wrong, but it would seem to be you need to sign first-team ready players. And I know Ange has done that. And maybe that's the way they are going to go. Maybe they just put faith in Ange and go with it. But I don't know. It's just I thought about when I seen the prices for both Jackie Marcus and Juranovic quoted around about seven mil each, I was thinking, well, maybe they are just going to sell. Maybe they're going to raise 30, 40 million that way by selling five or six players rather than selling maybe two or three. I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I just think it's odd. I, I think after the World Cup, Juranovic should be, he should have, his agent, I mean, I don't know if his agent set him down the river. I don't know. It seems that Celtic are pretty content to let him go because they've already signed his replacement and spent, what, about four million on him. So, I, I, I mean, it's an odd one because I think Juranovic is a very good player. But I just, it's a strange one when you're thinking where it, 
the clubs that he was linked to at Chelsea and Atletico did, and obviously a lot of that's paper talk, but you had like, you know, I know he's no fucking the guru, but you had that Fabrizio Romano talking about it. I know he just gets stuff off agents and other people, but he said in Atletico Madrid were looking at him. So how, I mean, this thing about Monza being big bucks, I mean, seven millions, not that big a fee. No, I mean, Celtic could probably comfortably pay that, but definitely could comfortably pay that for a player. And you wouldn't say that they're mega bucks, so I don't know. But I don't know where it's came from. I mean, maybe he wants to test himself. Serie has obviously a higher level, but he's played six games in the Champions League. Didn't think he was particularly amazing in the Champions League, but maybe he just wants to try to set a higher level every week. I think it could be. Obviously, also there's nobody anything confirmed about a release clause, but it does seem like a pretty low fee. Obviously, he's 27, so he's obviously not got a potential as the likes of. Like say Frimpong, who we got double digit for, or uh, Tierney, or that obviously they had edge on their side and a lot more potential. Whereas Juranovic is maybe one that he's still got a good few years ahead of him. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's one that once you turn the uh, side of fair and you start to lose a bit of pace, etc., then your value will decline and the chance of going for more money is just really not there. But I, I I don't know. It's as you say, like he's obviously took the step up from Legia to us. Played in the Champions League, I know he didn't have the greatest time, but he was up against Mudrik and, and Kunku and Vinicius Junior. So I think you can sort of forgive him that. But it was it is an interesting one. It's funny you'd said that about the sort of strategy because I I, I think especially where the players and just brought in a lot of them are likes uh, 22, 23 or 24, likes it is more sort of established and leaving Alistair Johnson's 24. So it's like he's it is first team ready players by the looks of it but it'll be interesting to see obviously a lot of people thought Juranovic deal would have been done by now or uh, now well, it's well, no, too far into January but it's the 10th of January as we record and I think everybody does expect it he will go but it'll be good to see because obviously the club will be looking to use that money to fund other uh, signings that were after this month as well and beyond but Tony next one I'll bring you in on is Georges Giacomacchus it's it's a, it's a bit of a strange one there had been talks that there's been a lot of rumours whether it be that his family have not settled here or that he's on a lower wage than a lot of the first team and Celtic won't give him an improved contract but he's been linked to a few interesting teams from no sort of usual suspects so you've got like Michelin from Denmark linked to him and then even a team from the J League who have been heavily linked to him as well. Would you, which you think of the latest with George Jackamacus? Fair, I did meet him at Livingston Outlet. And his wife's face was tripping so <laughs> I'm only joking. But I don't know, it seems a very strange move if he's going to a team that isn't going to be anywhere near Champions League football. I don't know if it's just all related to cash or, to be fair, he's not been getting great game time either, so it might be a case he's fucked off. I mean, Kyogre's been really good this season, but I can imagine why he would feel a bit hard done by. He played a massive part in the title winning season last year, and if he win the league again this year, he's, he's more than played his part in big moments. I mean, he's just at the, the beginning of last week, he set up Kyogo, he scored in the 96 minute against St Mirren, St Johnson, sorry. So he's, and I think he, he scored the Champions League as well. So I like the big man, I must admit. He can maybe feel a bit aggrieved that he's no managed to get any start. I think when he put that thing on Instagram, it was a bit stupid. The kind of the time emoji when he was coming on, a picture of him and Ange. So I thought that was daft. But no, same for Juranovic as well. If these guys do go... As much as I think they're moving to much smaller clubs than us, it might be double the money and that might be what these guys are after. And here, fair play to them, who are we to tell 
guys that have no real affiliation to Celtic who they who they can sign for and I think the days expected players here players to stay here for the rest of the careers. It's not, it doesn't really happen. You've got the odd kind of ones that will happen, but it looks like Callum McGregor might be that. And obviously James Forrest as well. But I think Big Ants warned you that don't we get too attached to players, players will move on. I think it's fair to say Jakimakis and Juranovic have been fan favourites during their tenure, but it gives me a room for new guys to come in, like Johnston's come in and instantly I think people are happy with him and if we can get the guy Cho then uh, hopefully he can he can do well as well Aye, I think the Jack and Marcus one it's about there's a lot of timing today because if you think about like you mentioned it there like I know Kyogo's form since the World Cup has been tremendous and it's sort of quieting the debate but there's a lot of people that prefer Jackie Marcus to Hugo and they have done and it's a fair argument like I think different games are suited to different players but the fact that Jackie Marcus hasn't had as many starts is probably a bit unfortunate but a lot he's doing it you can't argue with Kyogo's numbers that he's returning it's I think if 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 we want to get him in similar to the way we got Alistair Johnson and where you've got the player in before you sell, I don't think as much would be made. But I think the board are sort of getting away with it with Yakimakis if it is the case that he's not been given the improved contract that some say he'd been promised or like it could be in a way like I'd, I'd heard rumours as well that sort of holding the club to a, a number that they just couldn't match. But it's I, I, I wouldn't trust the Celtic board as far as I could throw them. So like, I think they, they are getting away a bit scot-free thanks to like the goodwill people have for Ange and how well Kyogo is playing because this guy was the top scorer last season and he's he's only 28 it's not as if like I fair enough if we did, get, we did give him a big extended contract we're not going to get a sell on off of that mess lately but yeah, I'm, I'm like you Tony I, I really like Jakimakis and I'll be disappointed if he goes because if he does go and I know we're still waiting and I'm sure the, uh, the board would replace him but it's if he if he goes and then Kyogo pulls up in the next game, then you're fucked. You're probably going to have to throw someone in, in from the B team or like, like it's, or put Maeda in the middle. Like, I don't think we're really flush enough in that department yet to be happily happy to see Jackie Marcus go. But it, it will be interesting, as you say. Like I think the fact that these players come, they're, they're Merlin entitled to go and get the best deal for them and their family and set themselves up for life. And if, like say, if they can get three, four times the money that they're on at Celtic, then fair enough to them. Like they've, it's two players that have came, came here and done really well for us, played a good, good part in us, uh, bringing the title back to Celtic Park and qualifying for the Champions League as well, so I don't think we could have any complaints. But uh, Danny, what about you? I'll, we'll touch on what you think about Jack and Marcus as well and like, we'll then move on to uh, the potential replacement who in the last hours or so, I think Sky Sports are saying we're still in talks with the South Korean club regarding Cho. Aye, Jack, Jack and Mac is a fucking weirdo. Was, um, I think he's just kicked Foss up because he's second choice to the tackle score in Scotland. And he's fanboys. You'd think he was fucking Terry Waits, the wife of going on held against his will. I think he'll go scored in every game since, apart from that Aberdeen game, since we come back. So how how should Jackie Mack start every week? Don't get me wrong, he's a hella effective player, he's a, but he's only really had a good six months for Celtic, really. Towards the end of last season, I had a good run of form in October as well, to be fair to him. But apart from that, he's been, you know, he's not been in the team. And I like him a lot, but I just, this strikes the links with like Michelin and you, you are a Red Dragons and stuff just strikes to me that he needs 
he needs to be told how good he is and it will be number one striker, he'll be the main man and players want to play, that's fair enough but he's part of something an awful lot bigger here that is working, he's not scored I think since the Shakhtar game but they were right and saying, I know we've had the World Cup and all that but at the same time, Kyogo's no fucking missing the net at the minute and I don't think we'll let him go without having a replacement and I just think, I don't know if it's right after Jackie Marcus in the last couple of weeks just his general kind of demeanour doesn't he look great, but I'd love him to stay and keep contributing because when he is on for him he's He's, he's very, very good. But, you know, Cho has been linked to an awful, uh, an awful while. It's actually a bit like the Jackie Marcus rumour. It's the only one that really... Jackie Marcus is about the only player that's kind of went arms and legs instead of just signing him like we normally do under him. So maybe that's a good sign that we'll get Cho in the end. But I don't really know too much. I watched him in the World Cup. I thought he looked half decent. I thought he looked all right, about a handful. But players are playing players are playing for their futures at World Cups, especially kind of the smaller nations than that, but you just think that it's got to be it's, it's got to be done now as King, as they were saying, it's got to be done this weekend so hopefully, hopefully we do get him, I mean Celtic have obviously identified him, Andrew's obviously identified him so hopefully we do get him in, and then you can let Jackie Marcus go and he can go and, he can go and uh, score goals in Japan or Denmark or whatever, whatever he wants, but I mean they're another boy, like, probably start, um, maybe not like Uranus, because Uranus has carried himself really well Jackie Marcus kind of the other has been the opposite size. I just think maybe Jackie Marcus fought all his goals at the end of the season. A goal in the Champions League. I think he probably just, to me, it looks as if he's got a bit of ideas above his station. Can he buy a goal at the minute? He's been really unlucky, but at the same time, if he wants to go, then, then good riddance, let him go. And I think if we if he holds us, you know, kicks a fuss up to us to get a move to Japan or Denmark, then I think we're well rid. We've got. If we get the boy coach Joe in, then we've got enough to... We'll no miss Jackie Marcus, I don't think, too much. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of people this morning seem to be talking about how they don't think Joe's coming because it's not done already and a lot of your deals under Andrew have been sort of just done and dusted. But I think it's a weird one because he's obviously a pure megastar in Korea and there's been a lot of clubs linked to him as well. Clubs of Turkey, clubs of Germany and I think even one for the MLS today as well. So it's he's obviously something that's in demand. But I think Celtic will look to get an answer one way or the other because I, I don't as much as I think if they get a decent enough fee for Jack and Marcus they'll be happy to punt him. I don't I don't think they would punt him without having a replacement either close to signed or in the building, but it'll be interesting to see. Another bit of transfer news, the last bit we'll sort of touch on the day Tony was apparently Celtic are now looking or willing to listen to officer Stephen Welsh. Obviously there was a lot of Italian clubs linked with him in the Somebody's not really featured much this season through injury and the other centre halves, I'd imagine. But would it, would he be one that he'd be disappointed if he went? Obviously, we've got Starfelt and Carter Vickers as the main centre half. You've got Kobe Ashi who's just come in, and obviously Bienz is there. I know he's only on loan, but that's probably four centre halves that you'd maybe think were above uh, Welsh in the picking order at the moment. Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't mind Stephen Mills, but I just think the, the defenders we've got are better than him. And obviously, with Kobe Ashi coming in as well. It probably does make him fourth at best and probably fifth at worst behind Jen. So I think for his career, it's probably best he does move on. For me, I wish him all the best. Again, played his part. He kind of, the start of his Celtic career was in a really difficult time for the club when Lennon was in charge. I think one of his first ever games was the game we could beat Rangers at Parkhead. So I couldn't have a game to kind of start with, but... He got his league winners medal last year, won the league cup, played a lot of big games. So I just, I'm not gonna say I'm 
devastated he's gone. I'm not really sad to see any of the players gone as long as the, the funds are reinvested and we get the players that the manager want back in. So I'm over the stage of being bitter or annoyed at people leaving. So for him especially, just uh, wish him all the best. And I think he played his part as much as the other guys. So I uh, fair play to him. I think that's fair enough. I can't see any way that he'd become a first, first choice star in the Celtic team in the near future and... Look, he's somebody who's still relatively young. He's a captain of Scotland under 21s. He's he's maybe a change of environment will do him the world a good. And Danny, I'll bring you on. You just we we were speaking about it earlier. You say this is somebody who, as much as you might think it's time for him to leave Celtic, you think it'd be quite important that we got a sort of sell on fee or sell on percentage inserted. I definitely because I think he's a good player and we're a bit of natural progression that he should take for playing, you know, maturing my age plus playing 40-50 games a season then by the time he's 28-29 um, he'll be a heavier player. Ange obviously likes him but he just kind of probably obvious that he, that he wants to see him go and get game time somewhere else so ah, it's, the right, it's probably the right decision to let him go because as Tony said he's, he's fourth or fifth choice, I mean we even talk about Iwata can play at the back as well so he'll probably be even further than the pecking order and it, I just feel bad for him because he had the two bad things have happened to him the last couple of weeks. He, he bumps into me um, before the Hibs game and then he's told he's getting sold. I don't know if they're linked or not, but I'd like to apologise to him if they are. Um, but no, good luck to him wherever he goes. He never never disgraced us or anything like that. He took a lot of stack. I think he did a really bad game when Rangers beat us 4 1 in the Covid season. But I think he was a fucking young boy that shouldn't have been there in the first place. He matured a lot under Ange in the first season, played a lot of games and played a few, you know, fucking playing the Champions League for his qualifiers, having Dan Murray at the back. I think I'm all done the two of them combined now. So wherever he goes, he'll go with my best wishes and I hope that I hope he gets a good move and I hope Celtic have got a handy sale on fee because I can see him progressing in a, a very good player in these later, later 20s. I definitely wish him well as well if he does in fact go. But next up we will go back to the semi-final. Tony, Saturday night, half-five kick-off, League Cup semi-final against Kilmarnock. Surely they'll have to come out a bit better than they did on Saturday or will they just play for penalties from the out? I'd like to think we can, we can win. It's a massive game. Just to get in the first final of the season. Big pitch, everybody fit for a week's rest. I'd like to think we can beat them. I don't think they're a particularly good team. I don't think McInnes is a, a particularly good manager. So I um, just need to be very professional about it. Hopefully we're not talking about VAR and fucking stupid cunt referees. So that's the only concern. But I'd like to think we'll have too much for them. We'll have the, it'll be like a home game. We'll have the majority of the fans. And that's a huge opportunity. We've had a great success in the League Cup over the last kind of six, seven years, so it'd be good to, to get to the final and have a chance to, to retain that sorry, retain that trophy again. A good chance we'll be playing Rangers in the final, so again, could be a tasty one, even if it's Aberdeen, it would be, would be a good final as well. So I think we'll win 3-1, but I think it'll be reasonably comfortable. I'll go for who's going to score. Matt Riley's going to finally score. Maidle score and Keogh go score. And uh, I'll make it 3-0. I'm not giving them a goal. Fuck it. Don't know where I get that for. 3-0. That's my scorers. I'm not giving Kelly fuck all. So I, th- I think I think that's the season to the, the final, which I think is the 25th or 26th of February. Aye, as indeed. Danny, what do you think about Saturday? It's obviously a one-off game. Will Kilmarnock just try and be as anti uh, football as they were on Saturday or will the big pitch in the sort of one-off occasion make them come out a bit and will that just play in the Celtic's hands? Well, they've got 
proven bigot, Kyle Lafferty, playing for them up front, who can play. Um, that's good for them. Um, but Kilmarnock will be playing for penalties for pretty much the first whistle. Um, whether it's fucking penalties after extra time or whether it's VAR getting involved. Willie Collins, the ref, considering last time the ref said he missed a, an obvious handball penalty, it probably wouldn't surprise me to see Kilmarnock get one on Saturday. But um, I'm with Tony, I, I think we'll be comfortable. The bigger pitch will play into our, our hands like it did on Saturday. They'll show any ambition, they'll put the ball up Lafferty. He'll get away with elbowing Celtic players and kicking Celtic players. And then probably Caravick will get booked for nailing him. But once we score, we'll not look back. And I think it'll be, I'll go for 3 0, same as Tony. Um, maybe 3 1, because I think I do think Kumar not got a penalty. So I'll go for 3 1. I think there's no, there's no reason to, to question, uh, no reason to say Kyogo will only score again. So he'll get one, and I think Maeda will get the other two. I think the bigger pitch will suit Maeda. At hand, and I think he's playing really well at the minute. Neil Cappy's good for him off with two with two good goals, and we'll be in the final and setting up Sunday to see who's joining us. I I, I think it'll be pretty comfortable. I think that I think Kilmarnock will try and stop us playing football, but we've got a great record eh, in these competitions over the last decade. So I think that we will have too much for them, and I think that. Much much like Saturday, we'll ju- it'll just be a case of how many. I like, know only finished two 0 on Saturday, but uh, between Jack and Marcus hitting the post and the bar, Forrest missing sitters, it would have been a, an an absolute doing again. And I think we will geek them all like that doing that they deserve on Saturday. I think Hugo will get a double, and we will win five 0 And the other goals will be shared between Cal McGregor, Alistair Johnson, and Tyson Maeda. I think. That'll be hey, the other scorers. Andy has also went for 4-0. He says that he thinks that the big pitch will just benefit Celtic too much and Kilmarnock will be made to pay for it. But I will be interested to see how it goes. We'll obviously hope to book a place in the final, set up a final with Aberdeen after Conor Goldson finally gets penalised for playing basketball on the weekend. But it's it will be interesting to see either way if we do get to the final who we get. As Tony said, it'll be a tough game either way. But I think even more so if we do get... Dr- drawn against Rangers in the final then with him having a new manager it'll be a, a pretty big game for both parties in terms of it's sort of getting that first trophy of the season but we will be back after that semi-final and hopefully discussing Celtic into the final we'll be back early next week and we'll also preview the weekend's game as well and any sort of transfer news that has developed that concludes or that emerges in the next few days but you've made it this far thanks very much for listening make sure you're following us on our social media platforms just search for four times in a podcast you'll find us there and cheers for listening and can i just wish a very happy chinese new year to our celtics asian contingent <laughs> and uh, we hope that they, they can make up with their korean pals soon for the incoming show <laughs>
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.